Have you checked out CleanseLife.com yet? Well, when you get a chance, you're going to want to head over there. This is where the teachings from my books, Emotional Detox and Emotional Detox for Anxiety, come to life. So when you get a chance, head on over to CleanseLife.com. But wait, make sure you listen to this show first. Welcome to Emotional Detox. I'm Sherrianna, and I'm so grateful that you are here today. Today, you're going to have the privilege of listening in on a conversation between myself, Dr. Reverend Libby Gibson Catania. Libby is actually the reverend of our church, a small little church called St. Mary's in Barnstable, Massachusetts. Let me tell you a little bit about her. Libby was called as rector in the summer of 2012, and after serving as senior associate rector at the Church of Holy Comforter in Vienna, Virginia, as well as an adjunct faculty member at Virginia Theological Seminary, it's there that she taught many different kinds of classes, and she also worked in the metropolitan Washington, D.C. area, where she regularly worked with outdoor ministry with downtown poor called Street Church, and she had the privilege of regularly celebrating the Eucharist at the Pentagon. Prior to the seminary, Libby worked as an administrator and an adjunct faculty member at the University of Virginia's Center for Hospice. Her doctorate in religious studies focused on end-of-life issues, and Libby has a deep passion for working with families, particularly during this sacred and tender time. Now, speaking of family, she has quite the family. She is married to Bill Catania. She has four children of her own. She also has three stepchildren, and she has a grandchild, as well as her, her puppy dogs, <laughs> which she affectionately mentions here as well. Libby also wrote a book, and Libby's book is called Musings for Everyday Life. Musings for Everyday Life. And I just want to take a moment now to give a warm welcome. Libby, welcome to Emotional Detox. Thanks so much, Sherry. It's so great to talk with you. Mm, thank you for being here. I've been thinking about this for a while. I've actually been thinking about reaching out to you for a while to come on Emotional Detox, particularly during this time. And as people move through the pandemic, as, as we transition back into our old but new way of living. And I've been thinking about faith a lot and who better to have <laughs> a discussion with faith about. So if you don't mind, Libby, I'd like to start there. I'd like to know how do you define faith? So for me, um, I have gone through many pathways in my life, exploring what exactly that might be. For some people, faith is an incredibly rich and deep feeling of knowing that they are held in the loving care of a being greater than themselves. Some people call this a higher power or God or Allah, the divine um, spirit. 
but just some deep level of trust that there is a force at work guiding the universe in an arc of love and compassion and justice and mercy. How we come to have that experience of faith, I think is as different as there are people on this earth. That's beautiful. And, and that's why we were so drawn to St. Mary's. I mean, honestly, Libby, we were drawn to St. Mary's, my, our family. <laughs> I'll never forget the day that we, that we walked into the doors of St. Mary's because I, my husband was getting ready to go biking. And those of you who don't know, he loves biking. And so I always know if I'm going to hit him with something, hit it with before or after biking and you're golden, right? There will never be an issue. <laughs> He's always in a great mood, right? So he was about to go biking. And I said, do you mind if I take the girls to a different church? And he was like, no, go right ahead. <laughs> Not knowing that day would be, that, that would be the last day that we would attend the former church. And, and so I said, you got to check this out. The girls just fell in love. And it's really you, honestly. It's you. I love the way you just mentioned all of that. The way you mentioned that everybody has a different faith. And you don't just speak to one kind of faith. And how did that happen, Libby? I mean, how did you develop into this? Because there are some faiths that we go and you learn that particular faith, but yet you have this way of holding the space and keeping some of the tradition in place, some of the sacred rituals, but yet keeping it in open. And how did you do that? Honestly, I think it was a number of um, spiritual guides and companions that have been sent to me over the years. I, I was raised in, in one of those traditions that if you were not fully sacramentally initiated into that particular path, then you not only were doomed in this lifetime, but for all of eternity. And growing up with that, it, it left a very deep impact on me because I just couldn't reconcile what I felt that I experienced as a child, as, as, a, as a loving presence of God, with what I was hearing in church and in school, that there was only certain people that were loved by God and only all the rest of everybody else was out of luck. So like so many people, I was confused and hurt by my experiences in church. And so in my college years, I spent a lot of time meditating with the Zen Buddhist community in Charlottesville, Virginia. I was really blessed to be part of a community where there was an Episcopal priest, one of the first women in the Episcopal church who sat with us in our Sangha. And even though I didn't have very many conversations with Paula, her existence and her being on that cushion in that place said to me, there is so much more out there than any denomination or any faith. And human attempts to limit God are honestly sacrilegious. So I think from that place, I, I tried to drop anything that I think I know about God and just be open to constantly learning more. So it's been, it's been a long, long journey of, of wandering and soaking in the wisdom of so many great spiritual teachers. Mm, that's beautiful. And during your time at St. Mary's, I assume this is fine to bring up because you brought it, brought it up in, in sermons, went through a divorce. Right. Which is 
people aren't used to hearing about that, right? They're not used to going to church and hearing the Reverend talk about the divorce. And that meant a lot. I could tell it really, I know for, for us, we really, it really hit home. I mean, whether you're divorced or not, just the, the realness of it, of a family going through something. And can you tell us what was that like for you, Libby? One of the great privileges of being a priest and, and having a, a, a pastoring relationship with people is bearing witness to the times of sorrow and struggle um, and change in, in individuals and in families' lives. And it felt like it would be very inauthentic and one-sided if I had access to those moments of sorrow in other people's lives, but somehow put on a happy, shiny front in my own life. So when my first marriage reached its completion a lot sooner than I had hoped or anticipated, I really struggled with how to grieve for the the losses there and how to take steps forward being in a public role. And maybe it's because I, um, I just don't have a lot of bandwidth for remembering who did I tell what. <laughs> but it, it just seemed cleanest and easiest to say, hey, listen, this is what's going on. I'm really struggling. <laughs> your prayers. And to try to be, you know, there's that funny line, and you, you might walk this too in your own work, between being mm. vulnerable and authentic and open and sharing too much so that yeah. people start feeling like, ooh, icky, I, I don't want to know that. Exactly, um, yes, yes. I'm blessed to have a wonderful therapist. <laughs> I, I'm, I keep, I, since my early 20s, I, I had a good family friend who said to me, Libby, the greatest gift you can give yourself is find a good therapist and talk with him or her once or twice a month, no matter what. It doesn't nice. matter if there's anything going on, just to have somebody with wise eyes to help you understand what you're experiencing will be a mm. gift. And so I've always done that. And so to have her as a safe place where I could say, have I crossed the line? Are we in icky territory? And to have a spiritual director who was constantly helping me reflect on where, where am I trying to do this alone? Yes. Trusting in myself. And where can I turn more deeply to God, trusting in, in the divine's providential care for me? So what I'm, what I'm hearing from you so far is spiritual mentors and then having a therapist have been really big parts of your life. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I cherish those relationships. And I've had many wonderful therapists over the years. And like anything else, I've, I feel like the perfect person is brought to me perfect time. And I learn every time I talk with them, I learn so much. And I'm very, very grateful for that. So... Is there a difference for you, Libby, between religion and spirituality? Is it all one for you? I honestly continue to work on that and and pray about that. Our bishop, St. Mary's is an Episcopal church in the Diocese of Massachusetts. And like uh, the Catholic church, we also have bishops, but it's very different in the structure. And our bishop is a wonderful man named Alan Gates. And he really helped me on this point. He shared at one point that the root of the word religion is religio in Latin, which means to reconnect. So when the church is at its best, it can help us reconnect religio, religion, with each other, with the needs of the world, with God. 
And that's the mission statement of St. Mary's, helping ourselves to reconnect with God, each other, and the needs in our community here on Cape Cod. Mm -hmm. When church goes awry and gets filled with human ego, I think it's the opposite of religio. I think it's disconnecting. And church has Uh done more to damage people's connections with the divine than I think almost anything on earth. So like at its best, I think religion and spirituality are, are the same. If it's seeking deeper connections with divine source and the divinity that's within us. But Mm -hmm. when it goes awry, um, I understand why people are very gun shy about being in institutional churches slash religion. Fascinating. And I know you're, you're newly married. Yes. Just four months, four and a half months. Four months months ago. Yeah. Yeah. How is that going? (laughs) It's so, it's so beautiful. I, it's just, Bill is a wonderful man, um, the deep and open and big heart and a very adventurous spirit. He's recently been doing his first level of Reiki training and it's just, uh-huh. he's a, busy, a businessman. So I, I just, I love, I love seeing him grow and together our spirituality growing as a couple. And I love being a grandmother, who knew? Aww. <laughs> That's beautiful. Now, I know that you have a lot of passion for working with people. I know that you work in hospitals, you work with hospice. How do you take care of yourself, Libby? I mean, you you serve so many people. I really take to heart something that both Archbishop Desmond Tutu and the Dalai Lama have talked about very openly and publicly, which is the the more intense and the busier their lives get, the more time they spend in solitude and in prayer. Mm-hmm. And I find that if I am disciplined enough to get up early and to have some quiet time, sometimes I sit and meditate, sometimes I read something beautiful, um, sometimes I knit, um, mm-hmm. listen to me. I mean, it doesn't have to be the same thing. Sometimes I actually you know, actively say the prayers of the church. But if I can stay grounded in that deep place of quiet and an interconnectedness, then it helps mm-hmm. me get less rattled by the intensity of the human connections that might come later in the day. Physical exercise is also really important to me. Grounding myself in nature, uh, whether by walking or running, is Mm -hmm. incredibly important for helping me to integrate the heavy intellectual and emotional work and find a place for it in the body or help it get out of the body if I'm clenching in my stomach or if my heart is, is breaking for a situation, so... If I can stay faithful to exercising and and taking some time of quiet, then I might find some situations more difficult than others to allow to flow through me, Mm -hmm. Um, might cling to parts of their stories, sometimes over-identifying from my own life, and and sometimes Mm -hmm. just the natural human grief of bearing witness to another's suffering. Mm. So those those are the two things that I think I, I rely most on. Awesome. So we have the the mentors or spiritual mentors. We have we have the count the therapists, right? To at least twice a month. You have your morning ritual, and it doesn't always have to be the same thing, but just a time quiet, whatever you're called to do in the morning, and having exercise, some physical movement. You're able to do what you do every day, and then some. I mean, you have a large family, right? Being gentle, I mean, I'm so this is where I need I need to work on being gentle with myself on the days that I'm just not nice. 
Mm. I had this I had weird <laughs> technology issues last week and was so miserable and cranky about it. Um, and, and recognize, you know, this is where being in a faith tradition is helpful. You know, the Psalms, which are some of the great poetry of the Hebrew people, mm-hmm. their Judeo-Christian tradition. The Psalms are so full of angry, cranky people complaining to God or lamenting mm-hmm. their losses or you know, expressing their rage and frustration at people. And so recognizing that being spiritual does not mean always being calm and peaceful and holy and connected. <laughs> yes. like, like, I have to remember, like even when I'm a cranky, miserable mess, I can still turn my heart to God and say, ah! <laughs> and that's, that's the most authentic prayer. If Absolutely. I force it into this place yeah. of, oh, I'm unrattled and unfluttered, then that, that would just be a lie. <laughs> well, in, in the emotional detox perspective, there is no bad emotion. And, that, and that, that's how it keeps me from beating myself up and helping others not to beat them. You know, there is no bad emotion. They're all good so long as you process them. Right. My spiritual director always says to me, she yeah. says, Libby, emotions are just data. They're not data that, you know, something has come up that caught your attention yeah. in, a, in a beautiful, lovely way or love that way. And they're just data. Exactly. What you interpret the data is what makes you suffer. Exactly. That's great. So tell us about your book, Libby, Musings for Everyday Living. I have to show you. I think it's yeah, show us the book. Yeah. Our book, um, Dr. Hub Matthewson, I think that's so beautiful, is a longtime pediatrician here on Cape Cod. He He's probably taken care of half of the families on Cape. He is a large family himself. He was instrumental in um, helping found Duffy Health Center in Hyannis. Oh, yeah. Yeah. For social outreach and justice. He's a wonderful, funny, irreverent guy. I just, I love Dr. Hub. And he... Um, I guess maybe three or four years ago, asked if we could transcribe some of my sermons. I don't typically preach from a a script, but I do record all the sermons. And so he incredibly generously worked with the medical transcriptionist that he used to work with in his practice and had a whole bunch of the sermons transcribed. And then together we edited them and I, I needed to go back and make sure that the references to different books or people that I quote were, were all accurate. And so it really was the brainchild of, of Dr. Hub and without his um, support and efforts, it wouldn't have come to be. So very humbling. I was, I was very grateful. I was very grateful to know the sermons were meaningful to him. And I, it's been very gratifying to see that they've touched other people too. Yeah. And your sermons are incredible. And I want people to know that they're available, right? If you go to stmarys.org, is it? stmarys-church.org. Yes. stmarys-church.org. All the sermons are there and you can listen to Libby. They're all recorded. And I, I would highly suggest you do that after you listen to this interview. So your sermons are in that book so they can, and then some, and how do you do those sermons? So you don't have a script. I mean, you, they're amazing. It just pours out of you. Like it truly feels like it's being channeled through you and the way you tell it and the way you connect it to truly everyday living is what got our family to say, you know what, maybe we'll, <laughs> maybe we'll go over to this church for a little while and then and we never, we never went back. Um, so how do you do that? 
you know, like so many things in our lives, I, I feel like every part of my life has brought me to the place of, of preaching like this. I mean, I, there's no one thing I can point to except I, you know, I, I did, I went to Catholic school and, and sat through a, like a lot of really dry sermons that I, I didn't understand or couldn't relate to. Um, and then uh, I thought I was going to be a university professor. So I spent a lot of time in front of groups of people having to lecture or lead discussions and integrate a lot of different kinds of information at one time. So the content of the sermons, I had really great academic training to help me process different sources of information and and develop an argument that had a beginning, a middle, and an end. And then in seminary, I when I worked with the street church population in DC, I had a wonderful mentor, Randolph Charles, who challenged me to not use a script. He said, you know, there's so many power differentials between us and our friends who happen to be living outside at this point, that Mm -hmm. anything you can do to remove the barriers between you and them will help you connect more deeply. Mm. He said, and if it's uncomfortable, if you feel anxious or, um, you know, fearful, just, you know, lift that up in prayer and and stand in solidarity with them who are anxious and fearful about so much of, of their lives. So, you know, right from seminary, I was really challenged to to preach without a script and to preach from from my heart. And then I, I'm grateful. I was a pretty introverted little girl and read voraciously. I listen to podcasts when I walk and run. I read constantly. And so mm-hmm. I've, I've feel like, you know, with you and you, the work that you do, that the, the, the right story, the right mm. um, anecdote, the right example always shows up. And that's exactly yeah. that's just the spirit. I mean, you don't know how, why you're guided to ask a question or why a particular mm-hmm. thought comes into your mind. Like this weekend, the story of the three little pigs was an <laughs> 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 illustration. <laughs> what a random thought, but it, it, it worked for what I was trying to, to talk about. So. Awesome. Well, this has just been lovely. Can you let us know where we can buy your book? Again, her book, everyone, is Musings for Everyday Living. And this, we're speaking to Libby Gibson Catania. And so where can we get the book? It's on Amazon. So just, just Libby Gibson and Musings, I think it comes up on Amazon. Awesome. Fantastic. And if you do get her book, guys, make sure you write a review. Reviews are so important to authors if you can take the time to do that. Any final words, Libby, that you would like to share? I I would just say, you know, I, I know parishioners at St. Mary's get sick of hearing it, but you are so loved by God. There have been so many things in in our churches and in our culture that try to say something different, but every single person is a beloved child of God, and there is nothing that can ever separate you from that love. That in some way that you and all your listeners can sink deeply into that truth during this time of isolation and more opportunity for introspection if we allow it to happen. Thank you so much for coming on today. And I know people are going to get a lot of value out of this. And I want to remind my listeners that your emotions matter. Processing them matters more. Until next time, take care, everybody. Thank you for listening. To learn more about the Emotional Detox live group coaching sessions, 
and all of Sherrianna's books, go to sherriannaboyle.com.